Hello friends with a PH. Welcome to the PASS Weekly Update Podcast. My name is Kim. I'm a community pharmacist working in Saskatoon and I often find myself wishing that my emails would read themselves. Unfortunately, no one is planning to read my emails to me, but I am going to read your email to you. We've been getting some beautiful weather these last couple days and the forecast is looking nice for most of the coming week. My self-care today is going to be a DIY pedicure. I'm going to go full send at home and get my toesies looking real cute and sandal ready. Y'all better at least trim your toenails while you listen to me reading the past weekly update from May 14th, 2021. I have my email pulled up. The first document is always a good one. It's the past COVID-19 in community pharmacies document. Last updated May 14th, 2021. I'm going to scroll through it and look for the new stuff. New, there's an infographic created by CPDPP to help assess the role of students, interns, pharmacy technicians, and pharmacists in the injection process. There was a link to click on called Administering COVID-19 Vaccine, the injection process, whose role is it anyway? The entire process of injecting the COVID vaccine is a collaborative process between the pharmacist, pharmacy technician, or pharmacist intern. One, assessment and education must be performed by the pharmacist each time. Assess current state of health, assess for precautions and contraindications, evaluate previous reactions, discuss risks and benefits, provide opportunity for questions. 2. Informed consent. Obtaining informed consent is a multi-step process. The pharmacist must ensure the patient understands the information presented and documents the consent. Assess that the patient is capable of consenting. It may be performed by either a pharmacist, technician, or intern. Ensure the patient has read the vaccine fact sheet. Outline the process of administration and positioning. Obtain and document consent to perform the injection. Related tasks that may be performed by either a pharmacist, technician, or an intern include ensuring the patient has read the vaccine fact sheet, outlining the process of administration and positioning, obtaining and documenting consent to perform the injection. 3. Infection prevention. It can be performed by a pharmacist, technician, or intern. Incorporate routine infection control practices and ensure aseptic techniques. 5. Vaccine administration may be performed by either a pharmacist, technician, or intern. Obviously, they need to have their advanced method certification in order. You're going to landmark prior to administering and ensure appropriate site, route, and technique for administration. 6. Documentation may be performed by either a pharmacist, technician, or intern. Ensure all federal and provincial documentation and record-keeping requirements are followed. Initiate billing and adjudication for payment. Prepare reports and documents. 7. Post-vaccination counseling and observation may be performed by either a pharmacist, technician, or intern. Ensure the patient is kept under observation for at least 15 to 30 minutes after vaccine administration. Ensure the patient understands the rationale for remaining under supervision following the administration. Technicians and interns must immediately consult the pharmacist if an adverse event occurs. Remember, pharmacy technicians and pharmacist interns must practice under direct supervision of a licensed pharmacist certified to administer by the same method. Pharmacy technicians have their own malpractice insurance and will function under their own insurance. Pharmacy interns will function under the pharmacist's malpractice insurance. New information regarding another PASS webinar. PASS is inviting you and your colleagues to join May 17th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. a free Zoom webinar updating us on the COVID-19 immunization program in SASC pharmacies. 
The webinar is being offered by PASS to all pharmacy team members, including assistants, technicians, pharmacy and technician students, pharmacists, and other pharmacy staff at no charge regardless of PASS membership status for the program update. PASS staff will be providing a presentation and will be available to answer all questions related to the rollout along with representatives from the Ministry of Health, SCPP, MedSask, CPDPP, and SHA. Please register in advance for access to the live or recorded version of this complimentary webinar here. There's a link you can click. The webinar will focus on frequently asked questions about the COVID-19 immunization program in pharmacies and any new information that may arise. Some topics we will dig into will include vaccine risk factor portal, vaccine distribution tracking system, documentation, age sequencing and special populations, second dose strategies, rapid testing access, and more. This is marked as new, although I don't think it's new information. Maybe there's just been a lot of questions about it, so PASS has integrated into this document. New patients without a SASC Health Services card. All patients requesting a COVID-19 immunization that do not have a SASC Health Services card must get their vaccine from SHA Public Health Clinics. Pharmacists do not have the capacity to record or bill this service. The MedSASC COVID-19 vaccine screening and consent form has been updated. There's a note here under daily vaccine inventory tracking. It says, please note, pharmacies are permitted to transfer COVID-19 vaccine to another pharmacy, ensuring cold chain is maintained and the VDTS is updated to account for the transfer. We've got some clarification here regarding how we need to report adverse events following immunization. It says, update, pharmacists do not need to contact 811 for an AEFI. They are to send completed AEFI forms to their local public health clinic. The medical health officer will contact the pharmacist and then the pharmacist will provide information directly to the patient on the next steps. Cool, that's kind of what I thought that it would say, but it's nice to have that clarification because there was definitely some ambiguity in the document that came out in last week's email. Uh, I see the work standard for minimizing vaccine wastage has been updated. I loaded the document and to be honest, I have no idea what changed. It looks more or less the same to my eyes. I think I would need to have the previous version and this version side by side to notice the difference. Regarding vaccine supplies, it says, please contact McKesson Customer Service if any supplies are missing at 1-800-667-9299. There's a mention here about that interactive map of participating pharmacies on the Government of Sask website, and there's a link there if you haven't had a chance to look at it or you want to look at it again. There's an update here about how COVID-19 vaccines will be distributed. It says, for Pfizer vaccine only, distribution is being transitioned. For Pfizer vaccines only, distribution is being transitioned to Mondays to ensure full pharmacy capacity is obtained in administration of the vaccines. In order to facilitate this change, the delivery schedule over the next few weeks will be as follows. Week of May 17th, we're getting Wednesday deliveries. Week of May 24th, Tuesday deliveries. Week of May 31st, Monday deliveries going forwards. Please note, Moderna vaccine shipment dates are still being assessed as part of this strategy. Oh, it goes on to say, as the process is moved to Mondays, a more timely notice of vaccine availability will be provided to pharmacies to allow for more internal pharmacy planning. Good. There's some new information here about COVID-19 immunization following a positive COVID test or COVID-19 disease. 
The chief medical health officer has confirmed that delaying COVID-19 vaccine administration is no longer required if an individual has tested positive for COVID-19 or has had a previous COVID-19 illness, providing they have recovered and no longer need to be on isolation. The following questions and answers have been prepared to assist with answering client questions. Question, if I have tested positive for COVID-19, should I receive the vaccine? Answer, if you have not received your first dose of COVID-19 vaccine and have tested positive or have had previous disease, you should receive your first dose as long as you have recovered and no longer need to isolate. Also answer, if you have received your first COVID vaccine dose and then tested positive, you should receive your second dose within four months of your first dose as long as you have recovered and no longer need to isolate. Question two, do I need both doses? Answer, yes. Two doses are required for full protection, depending on vaccine type. Question three, do I need to wait to get my vaccine? How long do I need to wait? Answer, as long as you've recovered and are no longer required to be on isolation, you can have the vaccine as per the province's eligibility list. There's some information here about booking second dose appointments. You must follow a 13-week interval and the age-based sequencing as per second dosing strategy. While the interval between first and second doses can be up to 16 weeks, Saskatchewan is starting second doses at an interval of 13 weeks or sooner based on the availability of vaccines distributed by the federal government. More information will be provided on booking second doses as we receive it, but for now we do have a link we can follow to the Government of Sask website called Stick It to COVID Second Dose Strategy Detailed Youth Included in Vaccine Sequencing, released on May 6, 2021. Mm, it's a lengthy article, but I feel like it's important, so I'm going to read it to you, and if you don't like it, you can plug your ears. Second Dose Administration Starting in May. Saskatchewan's vaccine delivery effort will soon begin administering second doses of the COVID vaccine to the general population. As most residents over the age of 18 are anticipated to receive their first dose by the end of May, second doses will start to be offered to overlap with the completion of first doses. As of May 17th, anyone who is 85 and older or anyone who received their first dose before February 15th can book their second dose. It is anticipated that all Sask residents will be able to be fully vaccinated with two doses by July 31st. Second dose administration will be distributed according to the age-based and priority sequencing of first doses. There will still be people receiving their first doses as we begin to offer second doses to those residents in the order of priority that we started our provincial vaccination program, Health Minister Paul Merriman said. But with a reliable vaccine supply and the exceptional capacity we have built in Saskatchewan, we will start booking those second doses and ensure full immunity to every resident who chooses to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Vaccination is our path out of the pandemic. While the interval between first and second doses can be up to 16 weeks, Saskatchewan is starting second doses at an interval of 13 weeks or sooner based on the availability of vaccines distributed by the federal government. Second dose vaccinations will be available at participating pharmacies, through Sask Health Authority patient booking system, drive-through walk-in clinics, as well as clinics operated by Indigenous Services Canada and the Northern Intertribal Health Authority. Notification of second dose eligibility will happen through broad public communication, including public service announcements, Government of Sask news releases, COVID-19 vaccine website, social media posts, and additional channels as deemed necessary. Priority for second doses will be given to those diagnosed with or being treated for cancer and those who have received solid organ transplants. These patients are eligible as of May 17th. 
Patients starting B-cell depletion monoclonal antibody therapy, including rituximab and ocreluzumab, are eligible to receive their second doses with a minimum interval of 28 days. Both of these groups will receive a letter of confirmation in the mail from their physician to present upon vaccination. I feel like the trick with pronouncing the names of monoclonal antibodies is to say it with confidence, and then who can tell me I'm wrong? I, I don't think anybody can. Moving on. Second dose administration, how you can be ready. Be ready by knowing the date you received your first vaccine. If you don't know the date or misplaced your wallet card, call 1-833-SASK-VAX and they can provide you with that date or check your immunization history on my SASK health record account. During your second dose appointment, the clinic or pharmacy will validate the timing and brand of your first dose to ensure you are receiving your second dose within the recommended time frame. The type of vaccine available at each location will be advertised to ensure that you are receiving the same vaccine brand for your second dose. At this time, Public Health is planning to offer your second dose of COVID-19 vaccine to match the brand of your first dose. National reviews of the safety and efficacy of interchanging the second dose brand are ongoing and the provincial policy on maintaining the same brand for second dose may be updated following this review. Sask Youth 12 Plus to be included in COVID-19 vaccination rollout. With the approval of Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines for the ages of 12 to 15, the Ministry of Health and Sask Health Authority are adding Sask youth 12 years and older to the provincial vaccination program sequencing. This will expand the population eligible to receive vaccination by approximately 91,000. Saskatchewan is targeting to have first-dose administration for eligible youth completed by the end of June, with delivery of first doses anticipated to occur in school-based programs, pharmacy, or SHA clinics before the end of the school year. Parental consent will be required prior to the administration of COVID-19 vaccine in Sask youth. Details on school-based programs, including the parental consent process and eligibility dates, are being finalized. Prior to the commencement of school-based programs and youth eligibility, parents can anticipate a public health announcement along with communication from public health and school divisions regarding the administration of COVID-19 vaccines. Due to the high amount of Pfizer vaccines anticipated in May and June, Saskatchewan's vaccine delivery system will have sufficient capacity for simultaneous delivery of vaccines for youth and second-dose delivery for the general population. Clinically extremely vulnerable ages 12 to 15 to be vaccinated immediately. Individuals 12 to 15 years of age who are considered clinically extremely vulnerable are immediately eligible to receive the Pfizer vaccine. Clinically extremely vulnerable individuals aged 16 to 17 have been eligible since April 14. A list of those conditions is available at, and there's a link here you can click, Patients whose children are eligible as clinically extremely vulnerable will require a letter for presentation at the time of immunization. For youth receiving rituximab or ocrelizumab, you need to obtain a letter from your physician and physicians have been provided a template for this use. For youth with a cancer diagnosis or in treatment or have received a solid organ transplant, the letter will come from Government of Sask. With the eligibility letter, appointments for immunization must be booked by calling 1-833-SASK-VAX. This is to ensure that the appointment will be booked in a clinic offering the Pfizer vaccine. Additional info on how to book your appointment is available at, there's a link. Appointments may also be booked at participating pharmacies offering Pfizer vaccine. The list of pharmacies participating in the provincial vaccine program at this time is available at, link. At the time of booking, ensure that Pfizer vaccine is what will be provided. I'm back in the PDF that PASS made. 
It says, for eligibility questions, contact the COVID response unit at covid19 at health.gov.sk.ca. So we did just read that article on the Government of SASC website, but there's a little bit of clear information in the past document as well. It does say, currently the only second doses that can be booked are for patients starting or established on B-cell depletion monoclonal antibody therapy with a minimum interval of 28 days from their first vaccine dose. Effective May 17th, cancer patients and solid organ transplant recipients will be eligible and need to present a letter of confirmation from their physician. Anyone age 85 and older or anyone who received their first dose before February 15th can book their second dose. Note, no other health conditions are eligible for exceptions to receive second doses at this time. New information here regarding patients that receive their first dose out of country. A communication is forthcoming on how to direct patients to have their first dose of COVID-19 vaccine documented on their MySask health record if received in a different country or province so that a second dose may be provided in a timely fashion. All right, I guess we just have to keep our eyes peeled for when that communication comes. New information about rapid COVID-19 testing for asymptomatic pharmacy facility staff. SCPP sent out an email to members on the Test to Protect program in community pharmacies that outlined the steps required to receive and administer rapid antigen tests to your pharmacy staff and family. Due to limitations of the Pharmacy Act that prohibit pharmacy technicians, students, and extended interns from administering the test, only pharmacists and pharmacy assistants may administer the rapid test. Please note, pharmacy assistants are not regulated by the Pharmacy Act, therefore fall under the deregulated portion of the program. There's a couple of common administration errors noted here. Dosing errors. Be careful if you have both Moderna and Pfizer supplies dosed at 0.5 mils versus 0.3 mils respectively. And make sure you're reconstituting the Pfizer product properly. They have a link here. It does say that there was a report of vaccine being administered without being reconstituted. Ooh, that would be potent. There is a link here for that video, which has very clear step-by-step -step instructions for how to reconstitute the Pfizer vaccine, as well as some tips and tricks for pulling out six full doses and maybe having a little bit of residual vaccine left over in the end. We have reached the end of this document. It is now 14 pages long. I'm going back into our past weekly update email. There's a note here from PASS saying malpractice insurance for COVID-19 immunizations. All pharmacists and registered technicians scope of practice recognized by SCPP is covered by PASS malpractice insurance. This includes COVID-19 injections, assuming all necessary training requirements set out by SCPP are met. There's another reminder here saying membership in malpractice insurance renewal for past members is open. Technician malpractice insurance renewal is now available too. Please log into your past account and click on the renew button to begin. This seems like a perfect place to mention that on the past members only Facebook page, Parag had made a really nice shout out to past that says, it's been a long week. Many thanks to the fantastic behind-the-scenes work by Myla and the PASS team, DPEBB, SCPP, and so many more unsung heroes. Hopefully everyone gets to enjoy the great weather this weekend. Love that. So nice to see some positivity on that page. As well, there's some really nice comments. Um, 
One that has got quite a bit of likes on here is from Brad, and it says, I second the PASS shout out. If your colleague doesn't have a PASS membership, share how important a resource they are and urge them to purchase a membership for the upcoming license year. Very nice, and there's a lot of other comments that follow that are in agreement and uh, supportive, so keep that in mind. Maybe you want to spread the word now that it's time for us to re-up our PASS memberships. Next up, we have our SASC Health Authority Stakeholder Update. All right, this update for stakeholders says, as of May 8th, 21, Saskatchewan nurses, physicians, and pharmacists have delivered over 500,000 COVID-19 vaccines across this province. This is the biggest immunization campaign our province has ever seen. Our heartfelt thanks to everyone from planners and administrators to cleaners to immunizers to greeters to security for all their efforts, time, and expertise. And thank you to Saskatchewan residents for their enthusiasm, patience, and commitment to hashtag stick it to COVID. COVID-19 vaccine upgrade to patient booking system. In summary, it says that the patient booking system now has the ability to hold appointments for five minutes while the patient is booking their appointment so that the time slot doesn't get sniped by someone else while they're completing their information. Oh, this is cool. It's an update about how people will receive their notification of their test results. And it says text SMS auto notification system for negative COVID-19 test results. It says this will launch on May 19th, 2021, and uh, it's going to be a system that sends a text message to provide negative COVID-19 test results to patients. That's uh, hopefully one way that's going to help Saskatchewan ramp up their daily testing rates to achieve a target of 4,500 tests per day across the province. There's a human interest story in here about a Saskatchewan resident who is reflecting on being a child during the polio epidemic in Saskatchewan. I don't usually read the human interest stories to you guys, but that one's cute. I think just because it feels relevant to me, so maybe it won't be interesting to you guys. The next article in here has uh, quite a bit of praise for Saskatchewan's drive-through vaccination clinics. There's a story entitled, Saskatchewan sends 100 ventilators to India, in a, making a nice humanitarian effort. The next article is called Healthline 811, Mental Health and Addictions and Maternal Wellness Programs. Anyone can call 811 anytime. You are not alone. Help is a phone call away. Registered healthcare professionals are available 24-7 to assist with your mental health and addictions concerns. I haven't had people complaining about calling 811 and waiting a long time anymore, so I'm not sure if some of the burden of the massive influx of calls has been lessened because I know everybody had to call 811 previously to get their COVID test booked. Anyways, this article is talking about people calling in if they're having a mental health crisis or they need to talk about addiction-related concerns, as well mothers, or it's called Maternal Wellness Program, and it says it focuses attention on those experiencing postpartum depression or anxiety, people dealing with a loss following a miscarriage, stillbirth, or death of a newborn. So maybe those folks are more readily available now than they were uh, previously during the pandemic. They have been doing a lot. So this stakeholder update is seven pages, lots of stories there if you feel like checking them out. The next link is called Facts Outage at the DPEBB. 
fax outage at drug plan extended benefits branch, faxing options to and from the drug plan have been affected due to a telecommunication error on Thursday, May 13th, Friday, May 14th, 2021. Faxes from pharmacies are not able to be received until this is resolved. Stakeholders are asked to hold faxing DPEBB until telecommunications is re-established and the faxes already sent on Thursday through Friday should be resent once telecommunication is re-established. Alternate options. You can email things. So special support seniors drug plan receipts. Email to dpeb at health.gov.sk.ca. If you're submitting pharmacy claims for payments, email claims at health.gov.sk.ca. Or if you're submitting EDS requests and questions, email eds at health.gov.sk.ca. One thing I'm unsure about is how secure email is. It's definitely a convenient option, but when you're sending in forms like that, you have a lot of sensitive information on them. So it's just something that I wonder about because I don't know the answer. I'm back in our email and the next link is from NIHB. It's called Pharmacy Reimbursement for Administration by Injection. Now I've opened that up. It's dated May 14th, 2021. It's saying effective April 1st, NIHB will reimburse pharmacy providers up to $13 for administration of sublocade by injection. Providers can submit for reimbursement using a pseudodin, which is provided here, uh, under the following conditions. And it goes on to list uh, the basics. Sublocate is administered by a pharmacy employee who's qualified to do so, and it's been reimbursed for by NIHB. It lists the requirements for what you need to include on your documentation for billing this. Tells you how to set up the file for the fee for administering Sublocade. I'm going back into our past weekly update. In the news, CBC miscommunication leaves hundreds of SASC pharmacies without COVID-19 vaccines. This was written by Alexander Kwan and posted May 12, 2021. It says, as many as 7,000 vaccination appointments could be impacted by delay. Man, this guy was on the ball. Like, somehow, I don't. he must have a connection to a pharmacist because he has, uh, like, a de-identified version of the email that we got from the drug plan. And he even quotes the unfortunate miscommunication in his article. So this is just talking about how the vaccines were delayed for this previous week and it messed up all of our Wednesday appointments throughout the province, but uh, it's already in the past, so I'm not as uh, fired up about it as I would have been a few days ago. If I was reading this on uh, Wednesday, then I maybe would have had some spicy things to say, but whatever. It does say in here, despite some frustration, many patients have been understanding when informed of the delay. That's definitely true. Like we did have to rebook a ton of appointments because of the delay in vaccines, but I don't think anybody was mad at us. Everybody is just so grateful to be getting vaccinated that they were willing to be flexible and just have their appointments shuffled to a day when we could guarantee we would have the manpower as well as the vaccines available. I'm back in the past weekly update. There's another news article here from the Leader Post dated May 13th and it says COVID-19 five more deaths as demand at vaccine clinics seems to slow. This was written by Lynn Giesbrecht and posted May 13th, 2021. 
Okay, I've read through the article. Basically, it's saying that the person who wrote this drove around Regina and saw that there weren't people lined up to get into walk-in vaccine clinics or drive-through clinics. And they're hypothesizing that even though the age eligibility has dropped really fast, they think that probably young people don't feel the same sense of urgency as older people did to get their first shot of the vaccine. They do have a quote in here from a young person saying that they're worried about having to take time off of work to try and go get vaccinated and then being told that there is no vaccine available or that the vaccine available is not suitable for the age group kind of thing. I don't know that this is a universal truth because the waiting list in my pharmacy is like 800 people long and people are calling constantly every day to ask when we'll be able to book their appointment. And I do see that there is some information in here. It's not a direct quote, but it's a summary of what Myla Bullock has said. It says, pharmacies continue to see high demand, especially in urban centers. So that seems to be pretty consistently true. And then the article goes on to say how many people are currently in the hospital, how many are in the ICU, and it talks about some recent deaths in the province. It does make note that the variants of concern do seem to disproportionately affect young people versus the original version of the virus. Uh, however, the title of the article and then the first half of the content makes you think that it's five deaths in young people. Uh, but it actually um, was older people. Not that that means anything. I think young people should still get vaccinated. All right, back into our past weekly update email. As another reminder, we do have that COVID-19 immunization program update webinar coming up on May 17th. It's going to take place from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And you should register in advance so that you can watch either the live or the recorded version. There are links sprinkled throughout the past weekly update from May 14th, 2021. So hit that up, register for the webinar. The very last link in here is called AstraZeneca Practical Guide to COVID-19 Immunizations. Oh, this is being put out by AstraZeneca themselves. And it's a one-pager. It says, Practical Guide to COVID-19 Immunization, Providing Answers to Your Patients. You're invited to join a webinar on the Practical Guide to COVID-19 Immunization, Providing Answers to Your Patients, hosted by infectious disease specialists Dr. Allison McGear and Dr. Zane Chakla. You will have the opportunity to review and discuss the latest recommendations and evidence surrounding COVID-19 vaccines. You can click on a button that says register here or it does have a QR code as well. It looks like there's going to be three presentations, so May 17th from 6 to 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time, May 19th from 8 to 9.15 p.m. Eastern Time, and May 20th, 12 to 1.15 p.m. Eastern Time. I believe Eastern Time is two hours ahead of Saskatchewan, so keep that in mind. Um, okay, so there's some webinars that you can totally check out if you would like to get some information directly from the horse's mouth about the AstraZeneca vaccine. All right, friends with a BH, we have made it to the end of our past weekly update from May 14th. I hope that your toes are looking really cute or at least decent so that you can wear your sandals during these gorgeous hot days. Talk to you next time. Bye. I love the way this lotion smells. It reminds me of my grandma.
I love the way this lotion smells. It reminds me of my grandma.